When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Connecting to the big show. In three, two, one. When do we take control of our lives and our destiny? We're a small country, but we punch way above our weight. Like, I'm filming now at this stage, to be honest with you. I thought it was one of the hardest things to do. It was horrendous. We're the one for Cork and ready to talk. Can we just talk? Call 1850-715-996. Text or WhatsApp 083-396-9696. Email opinion at 96fm.ie. The lines are live. Let's kickstart the conversation. This is The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. On Cork's 96FM. Friday. Hello. Friday of the Jazz Weekend. Hello, hello. And a Friday where they announced two marquee gigs for 2022. We're getting there, lads. We're getting there. Simply Red on June 1st, 2022. And Tom Grennan on 31st May, 2022. I will have two free tickets to Simply Red. First tickets available for Simply Red Live at the Marquee 2022. Be giving them away before the end of the show. Jazz all over the city tonight, tomorrow night, Sunday night, Jazz Festival 2021. We got there. There were still some restrictions. I'll go through them. Not a lot, to be fair. The nightclubs are back pretty much normal, although how we're going to manage socially distant queuing at a bar, I do not know. I have no idea. And at the same time, while everyone says, look, it's great, it's brilliant that we're back, and it's brilliant that we can have our jazz, and it's brilliant that we can go out for a drink with our mates and all of those things, the doctors are quietly saying, look, we're a bit worried about the hospitals, we're very worried about the ICU, so please, please, you know, enjoy yourself, but be careful and, and let us try not to let this go out of control. Let us not end up back where we ended up last Christmas. So people are concerned on the one hand, but knowing that the rest of us, we want to get going again on the other. So I'll go through the various changes in the rules and regulations a little bit later on. I'm running a, a poll on my own Twitter and we're going to share it on the show Twitter as well. And I think we might run a text or WhatsApp poll. I want to know what you are planning this weekend. Are you going to go out? I'm giving you three choices, not just two, which is a bit confusing, I know. But 
Are you looking forward to going out this weekend? Are you going to go out? And I don't, that doesn't matter if you're just going out for a couple of points tonight or if you plan to go party into the early hours of the morning or whatever. Are you going out this weekend? Are you going, for example, to see Mick Flannery in the Opera House or wherever? Are you not going out because you're a bit nervous still? Are you going to hold on a while because you're nervous? Are you afraid that, look, this is the first weekend back, the city could be like a beehive tonight, and would you be nervous about that? So if you are going out, yes. If you're not going out, no. And then not sure. If you're not sure, you can tell us you're not sure. And if you've any great plans for the weekend, like some people who come the jazz weekend just want to get the hell out of Dodge and go somewhere else and do other things. So whatever plans you have, you can pop us a voice note as well on WhatsApp at 083 396 96 96. We go first, though, this morning to the courts, to a man who put live rats into the council office where he worked. This was one way to settle a grudge, but it didn't work out for... John O'Neill of Glenduff, Kilbritton, County Cork, and Mooney of the Irish Sun. And good morning. Strange, strange story. Good morning, PJ. Yes, uh, probably one of the most unusual ones I've come across, and I'm covering courts for a long time. Um, but uh, if John O'Neill, who was who was 61, um, was uh, having problems uh, with work colleagues um, in the council offices in uh, Kinsale. And um, the, according to uh, what we heard in court yesterday, um, he became uh, totally obsessed with it. He It literally built up and built up and built up uh, to the stage where he snapped and uh, he went out, uh, he caught two live rats um, put them in, in a cage, um, drove up on February 9th last uh, to the offices in Rathban um, and was seen on CCTV taking an object out of the back of the van and putting it, um, uh, covering it with a jacket and bringing it into the uh, offices there. Mm. Uh, shortly afterwards, he, he came back with that particular object and put it back in the back of the van. Um, so when um, the um, the people working in the uh, in the offices uh, arrived in to work, um, they discovered that everything, all the surfaces, uh, were covered with uh, rat excrement. And yeah, yeah, and um, so uh, they obviously couldn't figure it out. But anyway, they they proceeded to. Uh, clean off the surfaces and um, eventually they called in Rent Kill, who discovered the two live rats and killed them. Um, the suspicions were raised actually because something like this doesn't happen every day, obviously, and so uh, management made a complaint to Gardaí and uh, Detective Garda Michael Brosnan um, investigated it. Uh, got the CCTV, got photographs of uh, the absolute mess in the offices and uh, he um, questioned uh, John O'Neill, mm-hmm. who readily and quickly admitted that, yes, he was responsible and, yes, he had done this. Um, the man had worked for 23 years for Cork County Council. 
um, had never had a blemish before on his um, on his record. Was never in court before. wasn't I don't think he was even caught for a, a driving offence. Yeah. Um, so so basically, um, he came before the court yesterday, uh, before Judge James McNulty in Bandon District Court, um, where he pleaded guilty to causing criminal damage uh, to the offices at Rathbad. Now he brought 3,000 euro in compensation with him um, and it turned out that the cost of uh, sorting out all the um, all the, the cleaning, the, the rent-to-kill hiring um, and repairing damage to keyboards, cables and lights actually amounted to 3,000 euro. Mm. Um, so that money was uh, was handed over to his solicitor who was going to uh, send it to Cork County Council. Because rats um, doing what rats do, they ate all around them as well as doing the other oh, bit. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And uh, he, um, so so uh, the, his solicitor, uh, Jim Doshe, said that um, he had flipped, that he literally had, uh, he this was obsessing his whole life, this, this alleged dispute between himself and some colleague in the uh, in the office and uh, to the extent that it it certainly was causing um you know hardship within his own family um he went on holidays to portugal with his wife and destroyed the holiday because he spent all his time talking about it and didn't sleep um he was just absolutely totally obsessed with this uh so um he's his solicitor said that um the judge didn't agree actually that he had flipped the judge McNulty said that what happened was calculating that it was uh, it was wicked, um, and that uh, it, uh, while he had a dispute prob- probably with one colleague, uh, all of his colleagues were affected by what he did. Uh, he said it took some forethought and planning to actually go out catch rats, bring them back, release them into the offices, yeah. and. Um, you know, to the discomfort of his yeah. colleagues. Quoting the judge um, from the, the article in the Sun, he said it's uniquely wicked and committed with malice towards one person. It was grossly reckless towards many. Strong yes, words. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Um, and the judge felt that um, that this merited a, a prison sentence. So, um, which was which is very unusual, PJ, because it, you know usually when it's a first-time offender with no previous convictions. Um, who has had uh, who's led a, a life of um, normality, I suppose, uh, up to this point. Um, it's very unusual for a prison sentence to be um, imposed. And to be honest with you, I think we were all shocked um, when we heard that he was being sentenced mm. to six months in prison. How did how did um, he re- react himself? Um, he went pale. He didn't show any visible reaction, but certainly his wife, who was in court. Um, was looked appeared to be um distraught she put her head in her hands and you know um i'm sure if we could have seen that there were probably some tears there as well mm-hmm. but um as i say it, it is unusual um and we've seen people who have done you know i know this was a terrible incident and and it was you know it was on the higher level of of sort of um upset and and uh, discomfort to his colleagues um, but he had brought in the compensation. Um, he had pleaded guilty. Mm-hmm. He had no previous convictions. Um, and, uh, you know... It, 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 is, it, is, it is surprising. It is indeed. So I think the judge has allowed him leave to appeal should he wish to do so. 
Uh, yes, and it was indicated that he will be appealing the um, the sentence. So, so, so when does uh, he go to jail now, or does he wait until the appeal is heard? No. No, nobody goes to jail once they lodge an appeal, uh, and once the that the appeal is heard, the decision then rests with uh, with a circuit court judge. Mm. Uh, so when might that come around? Uh, that could be any time within the next six months. It just depends when the lists are drawn up and okay. when it happens. So okay. it could be hanging over him for Christmas, you know. Okay, all right. Just wanted to clarify that because he is going to appeal, which means he doesn't actually go to jail just now. Thank you, Anne Mooney. The story of John O'Neill, who put two rats into his workplace after a row with a colleague, and the rats did what rats do when they're left alone for three days. And Judge James McNulty jailed him yesterday for six months, but he's going to appeal that. And we'll hear more of that, I have no doubt. 1850-715-996. I won't be heading out this weekend, says a WhatsApp message. Having worked in a city centre hotel when the jazz festival was in its heyday, I couldn't face the crowds again. I feel an abundance of caution is still required in respect of COVID. I'll do my bit by staying at home. Yes, I'm going to Mick Flannery and Susan O'Neill tonight. Really looking forward to some live music. That will be a great gig, have to say. Not going out. Uh, 100% no, not going out. Gonna ask, we're asking you to do this for us this morning. We'll give the results around 5 to 12. If you want to go to my Twitter, which is at PJ Coogan, or go to the show Twitter, which is at OpinionLine96, you can vote there, or you can text or WhatsApp us. If you have a particular point you want to make, you can send us a, a WhatsApp voice message. Are you looking forward to going out tonight? Are you not going to go out this weekend because you're still a bit nervous? Or have you not yet made your mind up? Which is it? Can we just talk? The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With McCarthy Insurance Group. Call in person or call them now. They don't just talk the talk, they walk the walk. CMIG.ie Can we just talk? The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Text or WhatsApp now. 083-396-9696. On Cork's 96 FM. Now we're a little bit away from Halloween just yet. Let alone the Jazz Weekend, but Halloween is next weekend. But a lot of complaints out there coming to us. We made to the guards. There's even an ad campaign running. I've heard it running here on 96 FM about fireworks and people letting off fireworks and we've discussed it on the opinion line uh, months back of people who were living in fear because every night as the sun started to go down this is up around I can't remember exactly where it was up the Glen somewhere the exact address escapes me but people were describing to us how behind their houses come dusk or twilight these fireworks would start to go off and one woman described to me very, very clearly how she was terrified. One of them almost landed in her wheelie bin, and what else would have happened? What would have happened if that, if that happened? And they're going out at night, and we're hearing bangs, and and it's a big thing. For but did you ever think how the effect of fireworks on animals, particularly on guide dogs and other such working dogs, it's a thing that the Irish guide dogs for the blind have taken up. Uh, for this Halloween and the run-up to Halloween, Tina, you you own a guide dog as and you're a client of the of the the, the, the guide dogs of Ireland. Um, tell me what your own experience is with with your dog Forrest, I think is the dog's name. Good morning. That that's right. Good morning, PJ. How are you? Thank you very much for having me on your show. 
Um, I, yes, I have a German Shepherd Golden Retriever called Forrest, and he's a particularly large dog. And um, my experience with Forrest is over the last few years is he's, even though he's a giant dog, he's terrified of fireworks. So, and unfortunately, what happens now is that they seem to start much earlier, for example, early September, um, instead of, you know, nearer to the time of Halloween itself. So uh, it's just, it's very, um, I think it's very unnecessary the way they start so soon. I'm not against having one night or two nights of fireworks to celebrate Halloween, but I think the problem is that they're random, they're thrown all the time, the noise is horrendous, and mm. it terrifies um, dogs, and unfortunately, with guide dogs, because they are so highly trained and very sensitive, that it's sometimes, on occasions, guide dogs have had to retire due to the an incident or the abject fear um, instilled by the sound of the fireworks. Describe so for dad, me, in, Tina, I sorry, suppose, yeah, in your, sorry, your own... Sorry, sorry you're okay. Describe for me what would happen, how Forrest would react if there was, say, a, a banger or a firework went off outside your garden. Well, what he does, which is, even though he's a giant dog, you, you know, you would assume he's not afraid, but he actually jumps, like he jumps up off the, the pavement so it's not good because if we were working um, and he jumped, you know, something, well, luckily, touch wood, he's, he's a very steady dog and nothing has happened. But because he actually jumps mm. or lunges forward, I have to go with him. So it's just, he, he gets such a fright. He's, his, all his legs come off the ground. So it's just, um, it's mm. not fair and it's not necessary. And yeah. I think it's just the sound, like it's it's incredible, like the sound of them. And then because they're, uh, you know, uh, when it comes really close to the night of Halloween, there's an extra volume and they, you know, when you throw anything like that, if it, say, rockets launches off walls or you get a reverberation, so it's even louder. So yeah. what I have to do every year is keep forest indoors for probably the day before Halloween and a few days after just to keep him away from the noises, just after, especially when it comes up to, say, maybe after school, you know, mid-afternoon onwards. So we just make sure we're indoors and we, we're taught, the guide dog people tell us to put on yeah. some music or maybe the TV yeah. and just close your curtains, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. It, it, it can also, I think they're saying, have a serious effect on a puppy in training. Yeah, absolutely, yeah, because the puppies are brand new and they're obviously going to be skittish by nature because they're tiny and they're, you know, they're only new and they're, you know, it's just such a shame when, because they're made like, and the puppy walkers are just incredible what they do. And so it would do, I mean, a tiny puppy, but it's, it's amazing how some dogs are more nervous than others, but it's just, you know, I think it's something that um, it affects many different animals, but particularly working dogs and, you know, given the fact that it takes two full years to train yeah. um, and they're, they are amazing animals. And, and all that, all that, you know, all of that training and all of that dedication yeah, yeah. can be lost yeah. in one serious incident because the dog can lose its nerve. Yeah. And the other thing is because the dogs are, are compared or, we're, you know, we, we are, there are kind of chosen for us. We're matched to the dogs. It's not, it's not like, say, oh, my dog has to retire, sure, I'll get another one now next week. You know, like, it doesn't work like that. So it's, you know, and you have to, you may have to wait. They have to match you again. 
So it's it's just it's it's something that needs to be pointed out. And okay. I think if you know, I really am not against. I'm not a party pooper. Like I'm not against the night itself. And I know fireworks look spectacular, but I honestly think that given the fact that. It, you know, the dog, the guide dogs cost so much to train approximately 53,000 a year to train these amazing animals. And they really are like they're lifelong. I mean, I lost my sight in my late 20s and I have I'm on my third guide dog now. And it's just incredible. Uh, like I can't get go around anywhere without my guide. I can't get out my door literally without my guide dog. So, mm. you know. Yeah. No, they're incredible creatures and it's incredible work. Tina, thank you for being with us and good luck to you in Forest over the next week or so. Thanks, Tina. 185715996. Yeah, the guide dogs also have, I suppose, anyone who owns a dog can take these tips. Like, they just don't like fireworks. Vets would tell you it's the noise. It's the extremely loud noise because bear in mind, that a dog's hearing is 10 times more sensitive than ours. They can hear things we can't. If you ever wonder why your dog sits at the window staring out, you wonder what are they watching because they can hear and see things that we can't. So the, the sound of a firework is is huge for them. So they don't like it. So keep them in. Get them exercise in the daylight and get them inside out of it before the fireworks start uh, keep them in general living areas this is an interesting one don't let them into quiet places like the hall or the bedroom let them sit with you in the front room while you're watching the TV or let them be with you in the kitchen when you're having the dinner keep the dog around you which is a nice and if you're going out now this may sound stupid but I've done it myself I've done it myself I've left the radio on or some music on for my dogs when I'm out. Because sometimes it sends them to be a little bit nervous and we're all away for a few hours. They get a bit lonely. Dogs get lonesome. They, they miss you when you're out. Leave the radio on. Uh, leave, leave, um, leave a speaker on. Leave 96FM on. They love listening to me talking crap. You know that, don't they? And if a dog is nervous about fireworks, just comfort them. Don't scold them. Yeah, it's it's just it's an awful time for them. My own two dogs, two idiots, are terrified of that kind. Of, they're petrified of thunder and lightning. So, what must it be like when you get fireworks? Eighteen fifty seven one five nine nine six. Right, weekend is coming. Jazz is underway. There was crowds in town last night. There'll be big crowds in town over the weekend. The safety is what the safety is, and we'll talk about that in a while. But let's find out what's going on next. Can we just talk? The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With McCarthy Insurance Group. Call them now for motor, home, business, farm, life and health insurance. CMIG.ie we all love Irish music and the artists that make it. The last 18 months have been devastating for this industry and we want to play our part to help. Cork's 96 FM is proud to support Irish Music Month by promoting the amazing work of Irish artists. Across the country, independent radio with Hot Press is spotlighting Irish music and paying Irish artists over €95,000 to play and perform for us. We're committed to promoting Irish music. Are you? Irish Music Month on Cork. Cork's 96FM is supported by the BAI Sound and Vision Fund and XL Retail, offering a great deal more at your local store. Can we just talk? 
The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Call us now, 1850-715-996. On Corks 96 FM. Yeah, some of the events that are on for the official side of the Jazz Festival, like the launch which is on this evening, is a sit-down event for the first time ever. I'm delighted to be going to that. Looking forward to meeting people, as I always would have done at previous jazz festivals. It's a sit-down event. But the director of the jazz festival this year is Fiona Collins, and uh, she joins me now. Fiona, good morning. Good morning, PJ. How are you? How good does it feel to be back? It's very exciting. I was actually a bag of nerves this morning to a certain extent. It was like, oh, God. But, you know, everything is really positive this morning. Um, anyone we're talking to was really excited to have the festival back. And there, there is a kind, there is an air of an excitement around the city, actually. You kind of almost feel it. I think it'll reach peak this evening. Um, but it's definitely there. I think a lot of stuff has sold out already. Yes. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of sold out gigs over the weekend, which we're very excited about. Um, but do you know what? There's still a lot happening and we'll have bands on the street and we'll have a stage in Emmett Place. So there's still a lot happening in the city if people are going to come in. Hmm. Now, this is going to have to be a COVID compliant festival. So, for example, as I said, there, the, the launch event tonight is, is an all seater affair. It's an all seater affair. In, yeah. in what way have you taken COVID into account all the venues are going to be following COVID restrictions for the weekend, um, PJ, and it's it's expected of them. Um, we've taken a look at some of our crowd control things at Emmett Place. So we got rid of our food market just to allow for more space there. So that's very exciting. Um, so look, we're, 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 we're really just adhering to the COVID guidelines over the weekend. And I will say it again, everyone has to have their COVID pass out for the weekend wherever they go. Yeah, it was an anxious few days waiting to see what exactly would be allowed or would not be allowed. But it looks as if everything will go ahead pretty much as planned. Yes, yeah. But look, we, we were always kind of expecting there might be re- revisions to it and we were waiting for those for sure. But look, we're delighted that everything's going to go ahead this weekend and just so people can have that, you know, jazz jazz back in Gork again. In terms of going to stuff like the pubs on the trail, I'm not too sure whether it's an individual pub's call or not. Do people have to pre-book? Um, I think it depends on the particular venue. So right. it's always safer to check with the venue themselves. I know some venues aren't taking bookings. Other venues are very much um, doing a reservation um, basis. Mm. So it's really, if you have a place in mind or your heart set on to go in a particular venue over the weekend, I would say ring them just to be sure. What's great about the festival, Fiona, is the changes that have been over the last few years. We'll, we'll pretend last year didn't, didn't happen. The, <laughs> the, change, where the, the definition has broadened. Out. It is it, it is a music festival now with an emphasis on jazz, isn't it? To be fair, it is, but I think jazz has transitioned itself um, from a cultural perspective anyway, so it has broadened out to that. Um, so we still definitely have elements of it. I mean, like hypnotic brass, their roots are in jazz, yeah. um, but they they have branched out to hypnotic. A lot of the street bands, um, again, like that, they'll do some jazz and they'll do more funk as well over the weekend. So the, the umbrella has definitely widened, and we try and take in all of that aspect because that's what's expected of jazz now. Yeah, it's wonderful to see. Thank you, Fiona. Have a good festival. Festival. I look forward to seeing you at the opening event this evening. That's Fiona Collins, uh, director of the Guinness Cork Jazz Festival for 2021. 1850-715-996. There was what used to happen a few years ago was, and I loved it, but some people didn't. You'd get pubs where you'd have a country and western band that would be in every weekend, or you'd have a a, a bit of a rock band 
would be in the corner of a pub everywhere and they'd bring in a fellow with a saxophone or some fellow with a clarinet and they'd turn them into jazz. I loved that. I used to love that. But they've they brought it out now into a, into a wider a wider festival. Vicky says, Hi PJ, wondering if you or your listeners could clear this up. INEC sent us an email last week saying they're not checking COVID certs. They then sent another email yesterday saying anyone over the age of 12 needs a COVID cert. I'm very confused. Uh, Michael McGrath's office said under 18s were okay with vaccinated adults. We have tickets for a show in December. Yeah, Vicky, things have changed now because we all thought that the COVID certs would be gone uh, as of tonight, that you wouldn't need them this weekend. Now you're going to need them. And you're going to need them until probably February. So the rules are changing on the fly. So I would say ring the INEC again if you're unsure and they'll tell you. For my own part, we're going away Sunday. We're going away Sunday night for the night down at Kerry. And I rang the hotel yesterday to find out what the plans were for the weekend. And they were still working by the old rules. So that may change. That may well change. 185715996. Still taking that poll on are you going out? Are you looking forward to it? Are you staying at home? Would you be afraid to go out? Or... Have you not decided yet? Roger Russell is the gaffer at the Metropole, of course, home of the Jazz Festival Club. Exciting weekend, Roger, but everyone needs to be careful. Good morning. Good morning, PJ. How are you today? You know what? I'm 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 excited. Nervous. Nervous, but excited. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, It is a very exciting weekend ahead. It's fantastic to have the Jazz Festival back again. Um, it is going to be a little bit different than, than previous years, but one thing that isn't going to change is the smile that it puts on people's face and the, the warm, friendly atmosphere that always seems to go along with the Jazz Festival, especially in Cork. Mm. Now, the Festival Club, one of the great things about being in it is that you could ro- move from room to room. You could take in a half an hour if you're on a Kennedy and then you go upstairs and there's uh, a bigger a Dixie band up there. Will that have changed it, it, it will be a little bit different this year because in the past the venue has been um, is, has been standing and people were able to to walk around freely. Um, people will still be able to walk around, but they will be required to wear face masks. Uh, and the difference this year was it will be that the venue will be will be seated. So um, as a result of that, we we have limited our capacity to to make sure that everyone has a, a, a seat when they come in. What about opening hours? The opening hours are, uh, do you mean in relation to uh, staying open late in the evening? The, the, the bar. Well, we, the bar. Well, the bar will open at normal from, from 12 o'clock and will operate um, until the, the normal uh, publicans hours, which is half 12. And then do you have the, the late bar extension across the city then? Okay, so, so the, that, is info- that is across the city. I was just going to ask you that. It then. is indeed, yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That 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 there was a there was a question mark around that, and my understanding is that that is going ahead as planned. Okay. Is there a recommendation on people that they book, for example, for the club, Roger? Well, our tickets are all sold out now, um, so you know we we won't really be in a position to to take anybody into the hotel that doesn't already have a ticket. So, okay. um, unfortunately, we're we're sold out. It's it's good that you are, though, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. It is. We're delighted. It just it just shows how excited people are about being able to get out and especially about the jazz. Um, and I think I think it's fantastic that the, the very first um, festival that that happens in the city with the 
well, we were promised a, 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 an easing of restrictions, but unfortunately that didn't happen. But listen, we're still going to have a great weekend in Cork. Um, mm. It will be different. I, I think that some people might be disappointed in terms of there is, they're not going to have the freedom that they would have had in the past um, in terms of trying to get into venues and, and look at bands. So there may be some people that, that, that don't actually get to see it. But listen, um, I know that everybody in the city will do their utmost to make sure that everybody uh, that comes in to visit the city to enjoy the jazz will be able to. Question in on the phones, Roger. Are we allowed to dance? We don't have clarity on that yet. Isn't that funny? Isn't that, isn't that strange? You know, there's no clarity on something like that because there's pages and pages of guidelines. So you don't know for sure. And that's okay. That's okay. I guess on a broader question of the hotels and the hospitality industry, Roger, and of course, Metropole part of the fabulous Trigon group, there's relief, but nervousness, I suspect, at the same time. Yes, absolutely. Uh, relief that um, the restrictions have have um, allowed us to to have a jazz festival of, of some kind, um, but a, a bit of nervousness because it is very much the unknown. Um, we we've never done a jazz festival in this way before, but uh, we're we're working very hard to make sure that people, our guests, and our customers that come into the hotel that they have a a safe an enjoyable experience with us. So absolutely, as you said at the, the top of this call, um, excited, but a little bit nervous as well. And I take it you'd be asking punters who come into the various venues, you know, bear with the staff. They're operating to a new set of rules and it's their first weekend working with them, just like it's yours. So give the staff a break. Yeah, absolutely. Bit of bit of patience. Um, you know, there's there's a lot of new people working in the industry now as well, mm-hmm. um, and it's a fantastic industry to to work in. Um, it it's I suppose it it is it is a challenging industry to work in, but it is very rewarding industry to work in as well. So please do you know be patient. Um, the, all the team in in every property and every business around the city, no matter what business you're in, everybody's doing their best. So you know, let's just. Let's just everybody try to enjoy it and take it in the, the good spirit. All right, Roger, I wish you good uh, good luck uh, for the weekend. I hope it's an enormous success. And I'll see you this evening briefly for for the launch of the Jazz Festival uh, 2021. I think these rules inside nightclubs, bars, etc. a bit of a joke, says a caller. Impossible to police. Plus, really, it's a crowd indoors. Probably not in well-ventilated places, so ripe for the spread of COVID, I won't be going out. Jimmy says, going for a pint in my local, the village inn in Newtown, in Cove. Tomas looked after us during COVID. He runs a great, clean, secure bar. Thanks, Tomas. Have no fear of my pint any time in the village inn in Newtown, in Cove. I won't be heading out this weekend, says this message. Having worked in a, oh, I read that one, but had worked in a city centre before. Uh, going out, 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 out. Yeah, says this person. 100% no, says another. Yes, going to the Opera House, no. We're asking that, and we're taking a gauge on it over the next couple of hours to see how you feel. Are you looking forward to going out? Are you not going out because you're half afraid of what might happen? Or have you not decided yet? I noticed a tone in the various programmes this morning and the various newspaper analysis of this, that on the one hand, people are thrilled that we can actually get back out and start to enjoy ourselves a little. On the other hand, the medical profession 
and the hospital services are very nervous at the increase in the people in ICU, for example, and the number of people being admitted to hospital with COVID and the rising daily case number. And it's it's an interesting sort of a balancing act between the two. Uh, the man who was the city's GP when he was first first citizen, when all this started, uh, joins me for the first time in a while, Dr. John Sheehan. John, good morning. Morning, PJ. John, I don't think we ever thought, or we well, we knew we would get back here uh, one, at one point, but we need to be extraordinarily careful this weekend, do we not? We do really, and it's great to see the city open, and you know the jazz happening with the city, PJ. And as you said, you know, just wandering around the streets, you know, over the weekend, you know, there's usually a great buzz around the place. Um, you know, with, with music around the place and people wandering around. And it's just fantastic to see that after the year we've had. But we do need to be careful because as we're seeing numbers go up, you know, we have about 2,000 cases a day and most of them are fine. But then, the num- you know, a week or two later, you see the hospital numbers increasing. We're at over 400 now and we have over 80 in ICU and the majority of them are unvaccinated. But... We can see that sort of strain on our system. So I think people, you know, absolutely enjoy themselves, absolutely go around town, absolutely take in the music. But just remember, just be a little bit cautious. Mm. It is a slightly different world than what we're used to. And the constant message we always get, PJ, is this virus gets in to our nose, our eyes and our mouth. And that's where it gets in. So, you know, a bit of social distancing, the hand washing, is, 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 you know, the sanitizing is really, you know, good. And if you're not comfortable somewhere, leave, you know. I know the pubs and the restaurants and the nightclubs have done extraordinary work in preparing for this time. And it's great to see that happening. And I imagine they will be incredibly well organized um, over the weekend. Mm. But people, you know, should just take their own responsibility as well, because we all have our part to play in this. Yeah, It is nice to be able to go out again, because, you know, for over a year and a half, we've been doing everything we were told. And when we were told to go for our vaccination, we got our vaccination. And there's a little bit of a reward due to us for that patience. And for most of us, we'd be quite safe. But then again, the damn thing is so unpredictable, isn't it? It really is. And it has it has fooled us again and again and again and different, you know, the Delta variant and all of these things ha- has really shown how it, it sidesteps a lot of the measures, you know. But you're right. You know, we have to get back to some element of normality. You know, we have to get back to socialising. We have to get back to matches, to gatherings, to concerts, to comedy clubs, all of that sort of stuff, because people need that as well. They need a normal sort of reality. Students need to have, you know, can't just be up in their bedroom on a computer as their college experience. So, you know, for for all of us, we see that we, we need an element of normality, but we just need that element of normality with a slight element of caution and, you know, just being sensible. And and to be fair, nearly everyone has, you know, over the year we've all got into habits, you know, mm. and we've all changed our habits, you know, of shaking hands, of, you know, you know, sanitizing masks, all of that, you know. So those habits have become well established at this stage, you know. So I think people should enjoy the weekend. They should go around town. They should take in the fabulous atmosphere because there's that pent up energy of enjoying it. 
but just to be a little bit cautious um, and just be a little bit sensible and not lose the run of ourselves. John, I don't know if you heard the programme yesterday, but I was speaking with Dr. Nabarro at the World Health Organisation. I was also speaking with Professor Fanning at UCC, both of them now. I was quite surprised at the enthusiasm of Dr. Nabarro for widespread antigen testing. Um, how do you feel about it? Should, should we be at the point now where we have them at home and learn how to use them for ourselves? I think there's a strong argument for them, PJ. They're very good for kind of ruling something out. And if they're positive, then you do need the PCR test, which is the gold standard. But, you know, at the moment, you know, this time of year, there's going to be a lot of uh, children. There's going to be a lot of people with coughs and colds and runny nose. And I can't tell whether it's COVID yeah. or, you know, whether it's, it's, it's just a cold. Because there is and a nasty infection going around, isn't there, John? There is. There's lots of other infections, and and this time of year there there usually is. So there are a lot of other infections going around that aren't. In fact, the majority of infections I've seen aren't COVID. They're all other things. Um, and you know the the antigen testing helps sort of um, give that sort of reassurance. I you know I think I'm fine, but should I just get checked? And I think there is a good use for them. I think there's a good argument for them, and I think it's an it will be another tool, I suppose, in fighting uh, um, this infection. You get the answer fairly quick. Um, it reassures things, it clarifies things a bit and you can kind of drive on, you know. Okay. So I think I think there is a good argument for them. All right, listen, thank you very much as always for being with us on the Opinion Line. Dr. Councillor, Dr. John Sheehan. Can we just talk? The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With McCarthy Insurance Group. Call in person or call them now. They don't just talk the talk, they walk the walk. CMIG.ie Oldies and Irish on Cork's 96FM is the big Sunday show on your radio. Turn it up and take it easy with the best music mix for your Sunday morning. Welcome along to the programme. Lovely to be with you on a Sunday morning. Oldies and Irish with Derry O'Callaghan. Sundays, 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. With Douglas Court Shopping Centre. They've got everything you need and more. Visit douglascourt.ie. Cork's 96 FM. The lines are live. And we're ready to talk. Can we just talk? Call 1850-715-996. Text or WhatsApp 083-396-9696. Email opinion at 96fm.ie. The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. On Cork's 96FM. Yeah, I forgot to mention during the first hour there, I forgot to talk to Anne Mooney at The Sun about that sentencing yesterday uh, in the district court where the man got six months actually let two live rats loose in a council office. This man called John O'Neill was appearing before Judge James McNulty at Bandon District Court and he got six months after the judge heard the details. A lot of people not happy with the sentence comparing it to recent domestic violence sentences, for example. Uh, That's going kind of wild on social media. Different judges make different decisions in different cases and the judge's decision is deemed to be final. But in fairness, uh, Judge McNulty gave leave to appeal. So we'll see where that goes. And uh, the man, John O'Neill, has not yet gone to prison because it's going to appeal. And we shall see where it goes. 1850-715-996. Yeah, we're going to run this right throughout the programme. Um, it's a kind of a three-way poll, but it sort of is becoming a yes or no now. I think a lot of people have made their mind up 
So we leave the third option on the social media, on Twitter. Uh, my Twitter, uh, at PJ Coogan, or indeed the show Twitter, at Opinion996. You can find the three-way poll. Uh, the three options I ask are you going out for the weekend are you looking forward to it yes I can't wait to get out is one option no I'd be nervous is the second option and the third option is I haven't decided yet but here sort of if you're intervening with or in, in, interacting with us directly say through text or whatsapp 083 just go for yes or no if you want to give a reason give a reason if you just want to go yes or no go yes or no uh, not going out says this whatsapp uh, too many in ICU no staying at home where I'm safe from COVID says another one it's, it's very tight won't be going around this weekend too many unvaccinated people Morning, PJ. I'm going to a wedding tomorrow. I'm looking forward to it, but I'm nervous at the same time. It'll be my first attendance in a crowd since the start of the pandemic. As regards the dogs and fireworks, by the way, my dog Maud, love that, is a Springer Spaniel, hates when I cough. Very strange. Enjoy your weekend, says Josephine. Hi, Martin says, from my experience, I've noticed even though the majority of the hospitality sector ask for COVID certs, very few are asking for identification to validate the person. I know of individuals that have not been vaccinated, but have used a paper copy of somebody else's cert to gain entry to locations. Best regards. Well, that's the ultimate sneaky. If you're not vaccinated, if you're one of these people that claims you've got some problem with your freedom through being vaccinated, and yet you... Yet you'll take somebody else's COVID pass. That's that's sneaky in the extreme. But yeah, they're supposed to ask you for ID. Like, my phone is ready for going out tonight or at the weekend. I've got my app on the phone and I open up the app and there's my pass. And I've got my little public services card tucked into the wallet side of my phone. And I'm happy to show that to anybody who wants to see it if I want to go in. Because there's a bloody pandemic on. And it's simple. I show them my vaccination status and my right to be there it's not a problem but yes or no are you going to go in somewhere tonight or are you not are you nervous as you talk of Halloween I'm cleaning eggs see this is it this, I, I've said this before and I'll say it again I hate Halloween I've hated Halloween since I was a child let alone since my children were out trick or treating but anyway, that's just me. As you talk of Halloween, I'm cleaning eggs off my windows and my front door in Ballyfahan. Uh, we asked them with the come of the air, they're too busy cleaning up mess. That's unfortunate. But but look, even if you are into Halloween, a lot of people are. I know I get it. I get it. A lot of people love it. Trick-or-treating is allowed. Somebody else was on the phone asking, is trick-or-treating allowed? Yes, it is. I think that actually it was Leo Varadkar said during the week that yes, trick-or-treating is allowed this year so yes or no are you going out over the weekend and if you feel like giving us a reason you can add to it 083 396 96 96 yes I will be going out but to a pub not into town uh, going to Limerick for a christening at the weekend 083 396 96 96 here's an interesting call for something to be added to the education curriculum now, personally, I would have thought this is something we should learn from our parents and our grandparents and from the adults in our lives. But Clodofin, a journalist with the Irish Examiner, is suggesting that we should teach empathy in the schools. Morning, Clodagh. 
Good morning, PJ. How are you? I'm great altogether. Good to speak with you. Good. Um, yeah. Empathy. Why learn that in school? Shouldn't we be learning that at home from we our parents? Absolutely should. We should indeed. And we should be learning it in the community. And it should already be part of schools already. It should be there in the background. But there was a day last week I actually had to turn off the TV and the radio and the phone because the number of stories coming in about violence um you know, the things we do to each other. Mm-hmm. Um, was I felt really overwhelmed by it last week. And the thing that overwhelmed me was how banal it had seemed to become. It, these stories, I mean, there were just three that were um, trending, if you like, um, last week. And one was a headline about a Cork man said to his wife, pardon the language here, but mm-hmm. I quote, I bet, I'd bet the shit out of you if you were a man. Then there was another one about a Cork woman told a trial that her brother had raped her so many times she felt like a robot. And then after that, there was a story about um, a group of men on a a group of boys or young teenagers on a train in Dublin chanting, let's rape her. And I I just said to myself, um, what has gone wrong? why haven't like it it just and the the thing that made me think of empathy there was another very disturbing case about a teenager who had raped his niece you just talk about the the um the story about the rats and a man getting six months. Um, this particular boy, um, he's still a teenager, got a suspended sentence of five years for raping his niece. But to leave that apart, the judge actually said we need to speak about pornography in schools, in yeah. primary schools. Yes, I remember that. And she, yes, and she said that because she felt this boy had been watching pornography and he was acting it out. And I was making the point that we can't really just speak about pornography in schools without talking about empathy. And the reason I I spoke about empathy is that there are two actual programs running in Ireland at the moment, one in primary level, the other in secondary level, that do that. They teach empathy and the results are incredible. Let me just Um, pause for two things, Clodagh. First of all, there's two words are very regularly confused. Empathy and sympathy. And the other one, how did you tie empathy to pornography? Because one shows a complete lack of the other. If you are watching porn, it seemed to me we've become so desensitized, so numb to what porn actually is. And the fact that we are inflicting violence on people, it shows that a complete lack of empathy. If you had empathy, um, you you could not actually ch- have a rape chant on a, on a dart station. Mm. If you had empathy, you would look at pornography and you would see that there was a, such a disconnect between what that is um, and what you were doing in the real world. And it seemed to me that we have become disconnected from ourselves as human beings and that if you have a judge saying you need to to talk about pornography in school, you can't do that without saying what pornography is and how it is that we are so distanced from 
um, our actions mm. and the effect they have on people. So that's that's why I just thought there, there's something desperately wrong here. Now some people were horrified by what Judge is it did Judge Deirdre Murphy said. They, that's right. They were very yeah. ho- they were horrified by what she said um, about teaching pornography or addressing in, pornography in, in primary, primary schools. Yeah. they're they're young, let them be children let them grow up, people were saying but the judge is making the point, they already have it you give a child a smartphone at nine, you open them to Pornhub and other such things it is a really sad fact, it is a really sad fact, and I was making the point that you can't open them up to discussion of pornography there's studies show that the, the rape crisis network said yes we have to do this because boys I'm sure girls do too actually there's studies to show that in Ireland they first access pornography before the age of 13 and it's awful that they are getting this stream of violent um, disrespect of the human dignity if you like but you don't have a corresponding um, program telling them about empathy, how to put yourself in another person's shoes, if you like. And I'm saying that it would be such a pity to have one without the other. And as you say, they already have one or they have the risk of these messages coming in. And I feel, yes, every parent, every teacher, every person in the community does the best they can to show them that that's not real life or to temper it in some ways. But technology has speeded up these messages. Mm. And I think we have to correspond by speeding up messages to show um, what empathy is and, you know, what good, um, I don't like the word behavior because it sounds so prescriptive, but what it means to be a decent human being Mm -hmm. and how you can do that and how you can stand up and say, no, this isn't real. And, you know, this is what we need to do. Yeah. And I know people like you and I, Claudia, who work in in media, we're often accused of focusing always on the bad stuff and forgetting Mm. that there's a lot of good in this world. And I would have to put my hand up and say guilty as charged. We do that. Mm. Maybe we Mm. as media people need to learn a little bit about that. Certainly. And I suppose that's why I wanted to talk about empathy, because, um, you know, in this particular piece, I said, Actually, that's enough. This, yeah. you know, good news is they they set up a good news paper a couple of oh decades ago. People said, "Why don't you cover good news stories?" And that's because good news stories don't make the news. And what's they don't sell papers, quite frankly. They don't sell papers. And what's interesting, if you read at if you look at the most read stories, they're terrible stories. They are stories of violence. They're stories of the depredations in the world. You know, people, I wonder if they have a fascination or if, you know, it's self-fueling. And what I wanted to do in this particular piece is highlight two exceptional programs, I think, that are going on at the moment. I mean, to say we need to make empathy a mandatory school subject isn't as strange as it sounds because it is already going on in primary schools. Mm. Um, There's a worldwide program called Roots of Empathy that is delivered in primary schools by Bernardo's and that shows significant effect in reducing the levels of aggression um, in children. And then at second level, and actually this is interesting from a Cork perspective as well because um, Killian 
Oh, gosh, his second name has gone for me. The the famous Peaky Blinders actor. Murphy. Killian Murphy. Killian Murphy. Killian Murphy. Yeah. yeah, Killian Murphy is very involved in this project. Um, there's a, a really, exci- I think it's a very exciting project in Galway at the moment. Um, Pat, Professor Pat Dolan is the joint founder of the UNESCO Child and Family Research Centre. And they have developed a social empathy programme for second level. And... Worldwide research shows not only does it make people, you know, more socially aware and, you know, reach out, make make better communities, but it also improves academic performance and Mm. personal development. Um, This is scientifically proved. It's like a win-win. And he makes the point that it's as important as maths or English in the school curriculum. And I think that's a fantastic program. There's a module, I think, over 12 weeks that, that can be rolled out. He's already done it in second level um, schools. And Killian is part, Killian Murphy is part of a campaign to make it more widespread. And I think that is a really good news story and one we, we should shout about. And as you say, I mean, teachers will say, oh, we've enough to do already. And they have, and to be fair. There will they, be a, they have. They have. They have. And, you know, but I think if you can um, even talk about empathy or open up discussions of empathy in school, I think that's a fantastic thing. Just to give you one example, I remember we had a fantastic teacher in sixth class. Um, Her name was Maureen O'Dowd. And she, she instilled in us an interest in everything from history and culture and maths and science and everything. But she also, even though we probably didn't have a name for it then, um, taught us about empathy. And there's something that happened when I was 11 and I'll never forget it. We came into the, the new class and in the previous class, we were kind of encouraged to tell tales on one another. It was a terrible environment. You know, it was really like there were grasses everywhere. And on the first day, the biggest telltale tackler stood up and said something like, Miss, 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 PJ Coogan has just put chewing him under the desk, right? And the teacher made the telltale tackler stand up and actually punished her rather than the than you for putting chewing gum under the desk. And I remember being really struck by that. And it changed the whole atmosphere in the class. What was the motivation for that, though? For for which? For telling tales? For punishing the person who told the tale, yeah. She didn't quite punish the person that told the tale. But what she, she said was, she instilled that we work together and that we look out for each other and that rather than pointing the finger and saying you did something wrong, she got us to work together for the mutual benefit of the class, you know, and she said yeah, and she did that in several, so we had classes and I remember, you know, there used to be spats or fights between people and there were various issues, you know I remember there was a breakout of nits which you believe at one stage, you know and rather than pick out the people who, who had the nits this is this is very relevant to COVID you know, she got us all to work together and got the parents involved yeah. in, you know, what needed to be done to address various um, yeah. Issues. Rather, rather and than I remember declaring certain people unclean or moving all exactly. the children with nits to one row. Exactly. Or with... <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And I remember, you know, that to me was empathy in action. It's a good point. And 
It was. And I thought she did she did a, a great job on that. Okay. And the other thing, as I was finishing the piece, there was another terrible story came in, as it does, into you, ping into your smartphone. It was an awful story about um, people filming a woman being assaulted in America um, on a train and you think oh that would never happen here one thing that has filled me with horror is that that does happen here a couple of months ago a friend of mine works in Dundrum shopping centre and a woman outside a shop was having um, an episode like a I'm not even sure she just was unwell and my friend went to help her and rather than ring the you know the ambulance a group of people started to film this woman having a fit and my friend she actually sent somebody to a nearby shop to buy a sheet like a bed sheet to hold up and say there's nothing to see here and I think in a society where you where you have people who are more willing to um, film something like that rather than help or get help, you know, there really is a lack of empathy. Yeah. We, we have I a just, problem when that's the way. The first thing we do in our in is, is without is the, the camera. Clara, yeah. it's 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 good to talk. It's good to talk, and I could talk all day, but we've loads to do because it's a great points to think about in what you say. Clodagh Finn from the Irish Examiner. Thank you. And there's a good, po- a great point that Clodagh makes at the very, very end. And watch now. It'll happen over the weekend, right? Someone might, God forbid, someone might get locked, knocked down in the street tonight or tomorrow night in the midst of the jazz festival. And what's the first thing you do? Do you run to help or do you take your phone out and start taking pictures to get it on social media? She's right about that, you know. Can we just talk? The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With McCarthy Insurance Group. Call them now for motor, home, business, farm, life and health insurance. CMIG.ie. Olympic swimming pools are 50 metres correct. Captain America is Chris Evans. Yeah. Uh, South Korea is Samsung. And worship of Krishna is Hinduism. Hindu, yeah. Yeah. What's a Hindu? Yeah. Lays eggs. Hey. Hey. <laughs> hey. Here all week. Here all week. Casey and Ross in the morning with no DC cars Blackpool for Skoda in the city. A long-standing tradition in Cork. Open 24-7 at nildc.com. Cork's 96 FM. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. 
PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Can we just talk? The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Call us now. 1850 916 On Quartz 96FM. Your thoughts welcome on empathy and what Cloda was saying. Do we need to teach our children more about empathy and try to understand how the other person feels and try to care more about the other person? Do we need to teach them better ourselves or is it something that should go into the schools? Should it be part of the learning that they do in primary school, secondary school? Because we live in a rough old violent world and maybe we need to teach the kids a little more about empathy so they grow up to be better people, more empathetic people. 1850 your thoughts, welcome. There's a new pilot scheme which encourages building owners to retrofit their properties. This is in the commercial sector now. And it's a project that the developers say could trigger hundreds of millions of euro of investment in sustainable energy. And of course, we're all about sustainable energy now. Dr. Padraig Lyons is at the International Energy Research Centre. Padraig, good morning to you. Good morning, PJ. Good to speak with you on the opinion line. What is this scheme about in simple terms? So, um, what this is is a, a, a project um, funded by the European Union, which is investigating this um, mechanism for addressing what something that's known as the uh, the, the split incentive. So, um, if fundamentally, what happens in a lot of commercial buildings, you have um, a landlord uh, who owns the building, and you have a tenant, and so the tenant typically. Um, you know, is the consumer and of the energy on the site and pays for the energy bills, etc. Um, and you know, it's for the owner if you want to install things like um, energy conservation measures, such as uh, LED lighting, etc., or mm. maybe um, improve the fabric of the building. They invest in the building, but the the benefits in terms of um, energy savings typically will go to the tenant. So it it creates kind of a disincentive to um, building owners to invest in their buildings to improve energy efficiency because they don't see the financial benefits of it. So this project is investigating a concept, the smart spin concept that will will look to address that. And how we're doing that is that we're getting a a company involved known as an ESCO, which basically provide energy services. Mm -hmm. And the, the... the ESCO will support the building owner to um, install energy conservation measures and the benefits, uh, financial benefits, will be shared between the ESCO yeah. itself and, uh, and the building owner. So let's let's bring a- it into a practical example. So I own a premises, I own a building in town and there's a shop, rents it from mm-hmm. me. Uh, the yeah, building yeah. is old and needs updating and needs retrofitting and the costs are huge and I can't impose that cost on my tenant because they're already paying me a very generous rent. I'm a decent landlord. What do I do? Yeah. 
So um, the, the, what we're going to trial is, um, you know, whether people are interested in engaging with, the, with a company known as an ESCO, you would con- one would contact the ESCO, um, look for um, this, the smart spin service, and ultimately then the, the ESCO would support the building owner with um, installing um, these energy conservation measures, the LED lighting, the improved insulation, whatever it might be. Um, they would also engage with the tenant because the tenant is very important in all this. So the, 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 in, in the first stage, it's a stu- two-stage process, um, the energy, uh, the ESCO company will come in and advise uh, the tenant about how they could save energy, right? And they provide that um, uh, support to them. And um, this, the, the savings associated with their change behavior and saving energy would, would obviously go to them because they pay the bills in the property. But the savings associated with the uh, installation of the energy efficiency measures, which is, you know, the, the insulation in the building, etc., the benefits of that, the financial, the savings would be passed over to the owner and, and a cut of that will go to the ESCO as well. So the tenant wins, the building owner wins, and the, the people, the ESCO, who are providing the service would win also. So otherwise, you know, you, you'll have that situation where the owners will just not be interested in, in doing anything with the building because they see no financial benefits. Mm. I mean, and you can't, the, the cost of retrofitting, we, we all know it's good, it is expensive. And it, as, as we head towards a more sustainable society, we're, we're all going to need to retrofit in different ways. But it is but, pricey and you can't lob all that onto a tenant. You can lob it onto the tenant and owners, typically, they mightn't have the capital either. So the ESCO comes in to, to support the owner. So that you know they'll have the financial financial wherewithal to to do that. Um, I suppose buildings, you know, across Europe, um, I think it's about thirty five percent worldwide. But in Europe, it's forty percent of all energy consumption is in buildings. So, it's a big part of um, you know decarbonizing buildings is a big part of decarbonizing society as a whole, and they emit about thirty six percent of the the CO two emissions yeah. across Europe. Where can people find out more about the scheme and if they're interested in, in being part of it? So um, if you want to contact us directly at uh, IERC, it's info at IERC.ie and you can contact us there and you can find out more. But um, there's also a Smart Spin website. If you Google that, that will provide you some information with that. And, um, you know, we're, we're at the beginning of this project. So we're just we're just kicking off. We kicked off at the start of September. Um, more information probably will be available as well through the IERC website as more developments uh, appear. All right. Okay. Thanks for uh, being with us today. That's Dr. Podrick Lyons of the International Energy Research Centre. Thank you, Podrick. On empathy, PJ, I'm a teacher, but I'm also a parent. I totally agree that society lacks empathy. But where does Cloda think we're going to get the time to teach it as a subject? We're already overwhelmed by an overloaded curriculum. It's about time parents invested time in teaching their children empathy and manners and resilience. Everything's being left to teach in school. We're expected to deal with obesity, anxiety and lots of other issues we're not trained to work with. Wouldn't it be an idea for parenting courses to be mandatory? Like, you have to have a license to own a dog, but anyone can have a child. Oh, how many times have I said that or heard that? I've said it myself too. You you need a license for a dog, but any fool can have a child. 1850 715 996. This also came in 
on the WhatsApp uh, with on the subject of empathy in schools. Guys, I can't come on air, but you need to speak to Barbara Keating in Middleton Educate Together National School. She's amazing, and she's running a nurture centre inside the school. Um, the whole school take, takes um, a restorative practice approach to discipline, and there's huge work being done. I spoke to Fiona last week or the week before about the um, Weaving Wellbeing Programme, but they do a huge amount of work on empathy um, through the regular classwork and through the special education teachers and with Barbara and everything. I think you'd be really interested in finding out more about it. Thanks. We might well do that. Thank you. 1850-715-996 on the whole uh, shocking stuff that Claudia was talking about. They grow up with the idea their partner should perform for them the way they see online. Generally, the boys have these expectations, but I suppose it's possible it works both ways. We need to tackle this. And on COVID, you see, look, it's out there. It's out there. Uh, I got a bus home from work last night. And from the minute we got on the bus, this man coughed all the way from start to finish. What got me more was that his mask was under his chin and he was coughing into his hand. As he left the bus, he then touched the back of the seat and three or four railings. If people could actually see how things are spread so easily, they'd be more careful. Or maybe not, because some people are just selfish. There are two movies that are worth watching. One or both of them are on Netflix. Contagion is one of them, and Outbreak is the other. And I'm not too sure which one of them... I'm talking about now, but I've seen them both. One of them is about the start of a pandemic, the start of a massive, lethal pandemic. And in the very early scenes in the bus, a sick person, there's a bus and a sick person is sweating and coughing and stuff. And they're catching the handles in the bus and the movie actually shows us how the virus spreads from there. But thanks for that. Yeah, and of course he had his mask down under his chin. Stop. Can we just talk? The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With McCarthy Insurance Group. Call in person or call them now. They don't just talk the talk, they walk the walk. CMIG.ie. Access all areas on Cork's 96FM. Your guide to nightlife on Leaside. Hi, it's Michael here with an update on Cork's entertainment. In the lead up to Christmas, John Spillane is back for John Spillane and Friends annual Christmas concert and also the Everyman Sunday songbook are going to bring us a Rat Pack Christmas. For more details on these and more shows, check out everymantheatre.com. Access all areas. Country music's brightest star Nathan Carter returns to Cork Opera House with six albums under his belt. Nathan and his band will light up the stage with all the classic hits and the songs that have made him a firm favourite. The show takes place on Thursday, October 28. Access All Areas. Feel free to let us know at Access All Areas if you have a show, play, exhibition or gig coming up or any live streaming events by emailing us at aaa at 96fm.ie. Access all areas. Your guide to nightlife on the side. On Cork's 96 FM. Can we just talk? 
The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Text or WhatsApp now. 083-396-9696. On Quartz 96 FM. Here's an interesting comment. This is from Seamus. Empathy is all very fine, PJ, but we're at a point now where bad behavior is just explained away with a sweet smile and we're being asked to understand why it was done, which has led to the breakdown in law and order and a total lack of empathy and lack of sympathy for anybody. You're kind of half making a point there. Are we gone too soft? Do we try to explain everything away? Like the one thing that sort of gets to me a little bit nowadays is um, we have my truth and we have your truth. And right and wrong has gone out the window worth thinking about. Keep coming with your yes or no. Are you going out this weekend? You're going to give it a chance. Go out and maybe even to the local or might go to a jazz venue or go to a club, whatever. Or are you going to stay home? Yes or no? Have you decided what you're going to do this jazz weekend? Are you going out? Yes or no? 083 396 96 96. One place you might like to go is down to Lep. If you want to get out of town to the open air because they've had to cancel a lot of their indoor elements of this festival. But it's a wonderful, wonderful festival that's been running for a couple of years. And you'd miss it if you didn't know about it. It's the Scarecrow Festival in Lep in West Cork. Ruthann Sheehan. Ruthann, good morning. Good morning. How are you? Thanks for having me this morning. Delighted. I, I accidentally found myself in Lep one afternoon in the midst of the Scarecrow Festival a couple of years ago. And I said, what the hell is all this about? (laughs) It's brilliant. Yeah, it can be quite a surprise if you're not expecting it, because especially if you're passing in an evening and when it's dark and you just see all these strange figures (laughs) planted on unusual spots around the village. It can can be quite uh, can be quite surprising. Yeah, (laughs) it's kind of an expect the unexpected. What's the history of it? um, When did it start? Gosh, um, yeah, it happened. It started, uh, I'd say, six or seven years ago. it was uh, the the brainchild or notion, if you will, of of one of our upstanding members of the community. Her name is Rita Ryan, and uh, she and another lady called Tony McDermott had this idea just to, to do something in the village to, mm. to bring a bit of life around this time of year. And um, yeah, they came up with this idea. Yeah, I and think it it also was sort of. Um, inspired by some other villages around Ireland that do something similar but more in the summertime so um, yeah. yeah it was just it came about um, I love it as, as you, as you drive down the little hill there into Lep down, you'll see that you'll start to see them on every corner and they're great who, who builds exactly. them who builds them who makes them it's well, that's the interesting thing. It, it started with just folks around the community uh, locally in Lep, uh, but it's kind of sort of migrated into contributions from Skibbereen, um, Clannacilty, Bandon, Balneen, even further. Um, it's yeah, it's just become kind of a, 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 a I think, a fascination for it's, for everyone, sort of in the locality in West Cork. Because uh, it's a yeah. bit of fun. It's cool. It um, really is cool. Now you've got a parade on Sunday. You can still do that, and then it runs right throughout the week. Yes. You've had to cancel some of the indoor stuff, though. 
yeah, we just had a few uh, events in the in the parish hall, and just unfortunately, it was it was so difficult to understand what was what was changing, what was not changing, um, in terms of restrictions. So we did hope that restrictions would be lifted, but um, we just for safety's sake and everything else, just management wise, we've decided to just to cancel the indoor event. So we had a children's disco planned on Sunday the twenty fourth in the hall. So that is cancelled, unfortunately. Um, as is the Halloween games that we were having on Monday, the 25th. So there's just two events really indoors that mm. we, we've had to, to shelf, unfortunately. But, you know, there's going to be a lot of activities outside. We're still doing the treasure hunt. So anyone who's interested in getting the kids mm. together, um, you know, you can meet outside the parish hall as per the schedule mm. um, on, on Saturday. So you know, the, that'll be a bit of fun. So it's a good way to get to know all the scarecrows and see what's going on and follow the clues. So it's an Instagram dream, actually, to park up the car, particularly if the day is nice, park the car up and go for a walk and just do a load of selfies and photos with scarecrows. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, there's a few absolutely enormous um, installations. Like this, this, I think it's a, you know, 14 foot coffin that you can stand into and absolutely if you <laughs> if you want to, if you want to do something unusual there we've got a life size horse parked close to the end of the village that you could stand beside as well this this is loads of very strange things so yeah, yeah brilliant. and fun All right. well, well good luck with it um good luck with it it's a really fun festival the lep scarecrow festival and parade ruth and sheen thank you here's one this has come in on the phone is there any hotel with a vaccinated-only policy this weekend. I'd love a break. I'd spend extra if I can know I'm not going to spend my perhaps wet weekend cooped up with someone who's unvaccinated. This is a genuine question. If anyone knows the answer, I'd be listening for their replies. As far as I know, you've got to have your pass and your ID checked going into any hotel this weekend to go to a jazz event. But you don't need one to stay. That's my understanding. You don't need to be vaccinated to stay in a hotel this weekend. But if any hotel is operating that policy, which they're perfectly entitled to do, maybe they can assist our caller. 1850-715-996. Now, Gardaí and the emergency services have been asking people to take care this weekend while they're out on the roads. And uh, Cork 96 FM's reporter Maureen Tuig has been meeting the Gardaí uh, to talk about their campaign. They don't want to meet us if something goes wrong at the side of the road and the work that we have to do just to get them out of the car. And as you can see, the amount of vehicles here today and the amount of resources that are required to deal with one incident and the, the trauma and the, the, um, the damage that it just causes and the trauma that it causes, which is long lasting. And I mean, we, we these speed limits are there. They're not a sign to be achieved. They're there to be obeyed. That was John Ryan, Chief Fire Officer with Cork City Fire Brigade. National slowdown day ended at 7am this morning. A number of excessive speed detections were made in Cork over the 24 hours that the road safety campaign ran for. Station Officer Liam Jones is urging motorists to take care. Some of the recent road traffic collisions that we've attended have all been, uh, or the ones that I have personally attended, have been cars that had to drive up onto the ditch to uh, avoid a wide vehicle coming towards them. So it is all about slowing down and driving at a speed that is appropriate that you can stop safely. 
Acting Third Officer Peter Collin has this advice for road users. Make sure that your car is winter ready and lots of leaves coming down onto the road surface as well and there's a lot of surface water on the roads which could lead to aquaplaning and that, you know, so absolutely check your distances, make sure the tyres are um, road safe and that and, you know, just be prepared for the winter ahead. As we wind down for the long weekend, Superintendent Tom Murphy from the Garda National Roads Policing Bureau is asking drivers to plan their journeys. The bank holiday weekend, uh, you know, maybe more people are being adventurous coming out for, for, for you know, with COVID, relaxing and that and just people maybe stepping out for the first time to go down the country. Just plan your journey, you know, uh, you know, if you're late, don't be rushing to it, you'll get there. And that, but it's better to, to arrive alive than not at all. Professor Connor DC is a consultant in emergency medicine at CUH and clinical lead for the Southern Trauma Network. Those people who get brought into our resuscitation room in the emergency department, they have sustained life-threatening and life-changing injuries, be it a strike to the head that leaves them with a brain injury, be it a cervical spine injury that leaves them paralysed, be it a limb injury that requires orthopaedic surgery to get them their limb back moving again and back function again or thoracic or abdominal injuries. Many of these injuries people have to live the rest of their lives with. If you're the driver of that car that hits that pedestrian because you haven't seen that pedestrian and you haven't had time to brake, you live with the the guilt associated with having caused injury to somebody else, which is often more difficult than the difficulty and the burden of sustaining those injuries yourself. The overall objective of Slow Down Day is to reduce the number of speed-related collisions, save lives and reduce injuries on our roads. International research has estimated that 30% of fatal collisions are the result of speeding or inappropriate speed. Sam Wade is CEO of the Road Safety Authority. I want everyone to enjoy the weekend, the, the October bank holiday, um, but do it in a safe manner and consider other road users, pedestrians and other road users. Um, the data suggests in terms of pedestrians, nine out of ten pedestrians will die after being struck by a car travelling at 60 kilometres per hour. That's how f- fatal it can be. So I would ask uh, everyone, everyone to take care and slow down, not just today, tomorrow, at the weekend, but going forward. Thanks, Maureen. Can we just talk? The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With McCarthy Insurance Group. Call them now for motor, home, business, farm, life and health insurance. CMIG.ie. The lines are live. And we're ready to talk. Can we just talk? Call 1850-715-996. Text or WhatsApp 083-396-9696. Email opinion at 96fm.ie. The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. On Cork's 96FM. Lots of talk of music uh, this weekend, of course. Jazz. It's already underway. This band's out in the street and that is great to see. Really, really good to see. Uh, lunchtime on the Friday of the Jazz Weekend. There's a great buzz around town and they start to play a bit of the few tunes on the streets. I love that. That's one of my favourite parts of the whole weekend. And then there's all the Irish music we've been featuring throughout the month of October uh, in association with Hot Press. Cork's 96 of M committed to supporting and discovering new Irish music. And this Sunday from 6 on Select Irish, the final of the Cork's 96 of M local hero 
talent search. We had some incredible entries, some magnificent standard. The finalists that were chosen and named last weekend are Helen Murray, T23, Fintan McCahey, Connor O'Keefe and Mally. And they battled out this Sunday for a place in the national final against 24 other acts. This is big business. The overall winner gets €5,000. Their single will be recorded by Ruby Works Records and they're guaranteed radio play on 25 radio stations across Ireland. You can hear the Cork's 96am finalists performing live from Cypress Avenue this Sunday from 6 and then the winner will be revealed. It's all part of Irish Music Month on Cork's 96FM, supported by the BAI Sound and Vision Fund and XL Retail, offering a great deal more at your local store. And still with music, two acts announced this morning for Live at the Marquee 2022. Rubbing my hands at the Live at the Marquee back again in 2022. Do you remember when they all started? Way, way back. It's too uh, so long ago now, I can't even remember. They said it was for one year, and it's still running and uh, planning now for 2022. They've announced Tom Grennan on the 31st of May. Tickets on sale from next Thursday. Also tickets on sale from next Thursday. Simply Red, live at the marquee. They're on the 1st of June, 2022. And I have the first pair of Simply Red tickets to give away. All right. Simple. Text or WhatsApp competition. I'll run it right through and we'll draw the winner at the end of the show. All right. I need you to keep give me the answer. The lead singer of Simply Red. The lead singer of Simply Red. What is his name? I want his full name. What is the red the red haired fellow with the big ears? Yeah. What is his name? All right. The lead singer of Simply Red. Text or WhatsApp your answer and your name to 083-396-9696. 083-396-9696. The lead singer of Simply Red for the first pair of tickets for Simply Red Live at the Marquee, June 1st, 2022. What is his name? 1850-715-996. Yeah, big ears. Hold me by the ears. Remember that one? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, stop. It's Friday. It's the jazz. And I'm on a long weekend. So leave me alone. 1850-715-996. Fancy a cocktail over the weekend. The Imperial opened a brilliant new cocktail bar called Sketch last weekend. I heard Fiona was doing the dog in it in there last last weekend. And, and well, she might. And, and well, she might. But what is the cocktail trend for the season? Um, porn star mart- martinis were everywhere over the summer. Um, I chanced one one time. I wouldn't chance a second one. Not not because I didn't like it, but I liked it too much. Uh, they're still very popular. But is there anything that we could make at home in these long cold evenings that are ahead of us? Barry Horgan is at the Imperial. Hi, Barry. Hi, Peter. How are you getting on? I'm not keeping? not too bad. Happy I, I, jazz weekend. And to you, sir. I tried. Great to be back as well with it. I I I tried one of those porn star martinis one time, and I yeah. said I wouldn't have a second one because they went down too nicely. Too smooth. They went too too nicely. If you've got a sweet tooth, porn star martinis are the one for you. I tell you that much. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> what can we make at home on a dark winter's night? Oh, well, do you know what? I think when we, the nights get colder, we're always a bit like, oh, do you know, something to warm the bones a bit. So 
But that doesn't mean that we have to drink straight whiskey and sit by the fire with one cube of ice. We like to sweeten our life up. Nothing wrong with that either, like. (laughs) Absolutely. So uh, what I would recommend this year, and I try to use things that are always kind of inside the kitchen or inside the cabinet or something like that that we've always had. You know, that bottle of ginger ale that's always inside there, that bottle of whiskey that's in the back of the cabinet waiting to come up for wintertime. So I would always, and if you have a packet of marshmallows, that's the key to this. So get a pot, get a nice pot of hot water, put some sugar into it, and put a five or six marshmallows into it. Stir it right down. It only takes a couple of seconds. Add it to a shot of whiskey and put a little bit of ginger ale on top of it. Absolutely gorgeous. Marshmallows melted in boiled water. Marshmallows, whiskey, and a splash of ginger ale. Absolutely gorgeous. What do you call that? Well, we do that inside, and we do that with a, a whiskey mellow. And then, well, what we do then is we put little marshmallows on, and uh, we roast the marshmallows over the drink thing, oh, which is, uh, yeah. God. If we able to do that, I mean, if, if that doesn't scream winter time, I don't know what does. <gasps> that had chased the, bo- the cold out of your bones, all right? Absolutely, absolutely. Oh. And that doesn't mean that it's all about whiskey either. You can always bring the garden inside as well. That's what I say. So there doesn't have to be all hard drinks. We can always have our little bit of gin as well during winter time as well. So yeah, yeah. I would always say, yeah. I, I love that. Oh, and I, I'm, I'm seriously tempted to buy a bag of marshmallows on the way home. <laughs> I'm sure there's you whiskey in the back of the press somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> Even absolutely. I could do that. Oh, it's gorgeous. Because some people don't like whiskey, the harshness of whiskey, but that softens it right down and it gives us a nice little sweetness to it. Is there Um, anything, and would that that be associated with with the jazz? Or is there a particular cocktail that's with the jazz? Particular cocktails for the jazz. We're going to go real classic, real 1920s jazz Gatsby feel this week. So we're going to go, we're going to be doing iced Cosmos uh, this weekend and we're going to be doing um, old fashions as well. So we're going to do a vodka-based one and a nice whiskey-based one for the weekend as our main cocktails for the weekend. Mm. So The, the Cosmo is our, kind of universally popular, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And I think when jazz comes around, you're just trumpets going. It has that kind of Gatsby feel to it. I think uh, Cosmos are always a nice way to go. Mm. Yeah, the nice missus is very, drink. very, very partial to an old, to an old Cosmo. Uh, how, how's this going down in Sketch? Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what? We're flying us. We did a launch there last weekend. Uh, Fiona was down with us, all right. Uh, and we did, we had a fabulous night. We brought, uh, we did six course cocktail taster menus that weekend. Um, absolutely fab. Great to have the place packed out. And I really think that Cork is really buzzing as well. So it's nice to have a bit of nightlife back in the city as well. But um, yeah, we got a fabulous mixology team down there. We got a group of five young guys that are just dying to be in the industry and, you know, learn as much as we can. And, uh, yeah, we got some really, really good high-end mixologists inside there as well. So really High-end mixologists. Uh, in, in my time, there were DJs with decks. <laughs> oh, well, <laughs> <laughs> definitely the trend has changed, definitely, for 2021. <laughs> these, guys are, uh, these guys are absolute professionals. Um, I think they put it this way. I think we did the tasting menus and we had... Just over 120 people inside there. So they had to rack out over 650 cocktails in two and a half hours. And they absolutely smashed it with absolute perfection. So, um, yeah. Great, great. Well, I'm, I'm glad to see it launched. And I'm glad to see. And look, we must always stay with two things. First of all, please do drink responsibly when you are drinking. And secondly, absolutely. please be careful over this weekend. 
Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think if you look around Cork as well, I think a lot of places, including ourselves, like we have 13 different acts on now this weekend for the jazz. I think it's just people want to get out, you know, be socially distant, be table serviced and um, enjoy a bit of live music and, you know, have that little time to ourselves this weekend as well. Straight away, can you give the recipe for the Whiskey Mallow one more time for a listener? Yeah, so what we what we use is we use a Ronco whiskey, which is a Dublin-based whiskey. I know now it's up in Dublin, but it's a vanilla. It's really strong in vanilla. So I recommend that one or the Red Seal Jameson, which is down, just down the road from us as well. Yeah. Then what you do is you put in a bit of sugar, hot water, and uh, five or six marshmallows into a nice, stir it all up into a nice teapot. And then all you do is put your shot, a little shot of whiskey into a glass, ice, put your little shot of uh your homemade marshmallow syrup um, and a little bit of ginger ale splashed over the top and it's absolutely gorgeous. <laughs> Barry, listen, yeah. have, a, have a good weekend and everyone be careful at the same time but have a really good weekend down at Sketch and the Imperial and everybody else connected to it. Uh, Barry Horgan at the Imperial Hotel. Whiskey Mallow. I like the sound of that, so I do. Uh, 1850 uh, Again, no one's come back to us on that question as to whether there are any hotels doing a vaccinated only policy. And I haven't had a chance to dig into the new guidelines, so I don't know now uh, that whether you can still go to a hotel unvaccinated, because you could during the summer. There was no requirement on you to be vaccinated to go to a hotel. I, I'm, I don't know whether you'll be stopped going into a hotel and ask for a pass this weekend. You may or may not. If you're going to the jazz venues, you have to be. And everyone coming into the Metropole, for example, talking to Roger earlier on, everyone going to the Metropole for the festival club will have to show their vaccination status going in. But but we had someone on wondering, could there be a hotel out there that would only accept residents who are vaccinated because, and I quote their call, I don't want to spend my probably wet weekend cooped up with people who are unvaccinated. And they're prepared to pay more for the privilege. Thanks for that. 1850 715 Just on empathy. On empathy. I can hold on to those because James Buckley has come up with what can only be described as a labour of love. He has developed a website which he figures could be quite useful for people at the weekend. Let me get this right, James. It's an A to Z listing of every bar in the city that you could think of. Good morning. Good morning. Yeah, um, that's basically where it started. Yeah, so um, it's the website does a couple of different things, but uh, one of them would be the A to Z listing of every bar I know. I'm sure there are some I've missed. How many? <laughs> How many? Roughly. I think rough. I think at the moment it's about 136. Right. Something like that. Okay. At one time there was uh, half that on Barrick Street, but things <laughs> times have changed. <laughs> that's it yeah I go like they're, I only added one yesterday I think so they're, they're kind of constantly opening and unfortunately I'm sure some will shut in the near future but um, we'll try and keep the list as okay. up to date as I can Great. Um, so the other part of the site I suppose is there's a few other bits and pieces to it um, there's the option to kind of filter them based on certain criteria there's about 12 questions you can answer uh, or not as the case may be um, and then the other thing as well the, the site's called uh, corkpubtrails.e mm. so um and a pub trail is just basically, if you're looking at that list of 130 odd, it's a bit of an imposing list. It's not particularly useful, to be honest. It's a bit difficult to navigate. So 
Um, it's just city, uh, split the city up into um, what are more manageable chunks, effectively. Some of them done by geography, some of them sure. done perhaps if you wanted to go for craft beer, that kind of thing. Sure. It's just to make the make the uh, the list a bit more manageable. Right. So you can develop uh, a short list something. based on your own particular tastes. Well, I, they're actually kind of ones that are predetermined. So we'll see if uh, if we can add that in the future. But the um, it's it's rather just so you can, uh, if you were interested, in, I don't know, saying going to cocktail night, where would you, where would I go? Excellent, excellent. So now like you, that have you thing. focused as well on the jazz? I think you have. I have, yeah. So um, for this weekend, there's a little bit extra on there. So there's um, there's the kind of specialised jazz trails. So if you were going out at certain times of the day, here's you can go here and then here and then here, so on, just to make it a bit easier. And the other one would be um, there's actually a music search. So um, you can go on and you can search by time, day, venue, um, and find what's on. So probably one of the more useful ones. Um, what happens a lot in the jazz, I find, is people go out and they miss all the music. They arrive in somewhere that's already over, that kind of thing. <laughs> So <laughs> what you can do is you can pick the day, you just press what's on now, and it will bring up any Super. music that has started in the last 30 minutes or is about to start in the next 30. Brilliant. Or you can say what's on next, and it will bring up anything that's about to begin in the next hour. Irish pub, so, or sorry, corkpubtrails.ie. And is there is it a website or is it an app? Is there an app coming? There's an app coming, but it's a website currently. Um, it's a bit of a... I kind of had to make a choice. Do I want to do um, jazz weekend functionality or do I want to go hammer and tongs try and get the app out? I decided that the jazz weekend is probably um, more more, <laughs> more yeah. pressing seeing as it's more time uh, yeah. sensitive. Well, well, so the, the app will be out soon. Brilliant. Let us know when the app is out and we'll, we'll, we'll chat about it again. But corkpubtrails.ie, cool idea. And that's James Buckley, the man behind that new website. And look, we... Before, before the fun police start giving out, of course you drink responsibly. It goes without saying. Every time we discuss drink on this program, it goes without saying. Of course you drink responsibly. Eighteen fifty seven one five nine nine six on empathy. We had a conversation with Clodagh Finn from the Examiner earlier on this morning. Clodagh reckons that, as she's written about it in the paper, that we should be teaching empathy in the school. Bernie says there's too much emphasis being put on what schools, guards and universities should be doing. People know what fundamental decency is. Don't try and pretend this can be educated into people. Maybe you might make a mistake with a girl, but when she says it's hurtful for her to stop, then you stop and you learn. Teresa, surely empathy doesn't need to be taught as a subject. Simply modelling good behaviour as a parent or a teacher and mentioning it as part of everyday life would be more effective. And one query um, with regard to the pubs and the bars over the weekend, is the bar extension just the city or is it in the county too? That question comes up every year. And to the best of my knowledge, the bar extension takes in all of the city bounds, which of course are bigger now. Ballincollig is in the city bounds now. Douglas always was. So anywhere within the city boundary, to the best of my knowledge, is governed by the bar extension tonight. And I do believe, I'm open to correction on this, but I do believe Kinsale also has uh, an extension for the weekend because it does its own little uh, jazz festival. And best of luck to everybody involved with that too because Kinsale take the jazz really seriously every year and have been doing so for years 
and best of luck to them. And you know what? We're all supposed to be careful. We're all supposed to stay safe. And hopefully we'll all show our passes and we'll do what we're told and we won't do anything stupid and we won't climb on top of each other, which we don't do anyway. Let's be safe out there. But let's have fun too. Can we just talk? The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With McCarthy Insurance Group. Call in person or call them now. They don't just talk the talk, they walk the walk. CMIG.ie Can we just talk? The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Text or WhatsApp now. 83 396 On Cork's 96FM. Yeah, you're looking to win the first two tickets to Simply Red Live at the Marquee, June 1st. 2022. I have those two tickets on the desk here. You can win them. Uh, who is the lead singer of Simply Red? His name and your name at 083 Text or WhatsApp and we'll draw our winners around 5 to 12. Ken Parrott is out and about for a big day for the Mercy Hospital. Ken. Today is the Mercy Hospital Heroes Day and I'm joined with Deirdre Finn, the head of fundraising for the Mercy Hospital. Heroes Day is one of the bigger days in your fundraising calendar. First of all, tell me what it is. Oh yeah, the Mercy Heroes Day is is raising funds for the Mercy Kids and Teens Appeal. Um, We are supporting our smallest patients at the cancer ward at the Mercy Hospital. Kids never cease to amaze you, I think, by just their strength, where they pull that, that extra gear from. I'm sure you must see it every day in the hospital as well. Oh, the doctors and nurses see it every day, see the resilience of these kids. It's just unreal. Now, Mercy Hospital Heroes, how can people donate? Yeah, you can donate now on, the, on our website. Uh, that's mercyhospitalfoundation.ie. And I know you wanted to mention people that have got involved as well. There's been lots of schools and businesses that have had fancy dress parties in aid of the Mercy Hospital Heroes. So well done to them. If you'd like to find out more information or you'd like to donate, once again, it's mercyhospitalfoundation.ie. I'm Ken Parrott with the Street Fleet on Cork's 96FM. Thanks, Ken. Of course, what the Mercy Hospital Heroes campaign is particularly supporting today is the Poons Service, the Paediatric Oncology Outreach Nursing Service, only one of its kind in the country. It means that kids with cancer can get vital treatment in the comfort of their own home. Cutting back on hospital visits and giving support to the whole family, not just the young person, in a very, very tough time. And 45 families used that service in 2020 alone. As Ken said, mercyhospitalfoundation.ie if you want to donate. If you are out this weekend and having, and we're still one, taking your responses as to whether or not you are going to go out, yes or no, do our numbers. Um, on the Twitter poll, I have to say there's a lot of people either in doubt or not going out. Um, it's a bit more half and half on the text, but we'll, we'll leverage it all up. And uh, for about 5 to 12, we'll let you know what people listening to the opinion line today are planning to do. But if you do go out and you're going out for a few drinks, please be careful. Please obviously drink sensibly and responsibly, but also be careful of your drink. There's been a lot of talk online and on uh, all sorts of media in the past week about people's drinks being spiked. A couple of big stories in the UK press. And look, spiking isn't new. It's around probably as long as drink itself. But the Students' Union president at MTU, Chris Clifford, uh, has issued a warning to people as they prepare to go to clubs 
for the first time in more than a year and a half. And I've been chatting to Chris about that. So, Chris Clifford, just explain to me, there are two students' union presidents for the new MTU. Just before I get into the story, what's going on there? So, currently, um, we're in, a, in the process of our merger. So, um, I'm the Kerry Students' Union president at the minute uh, in MTU Kerry campus. And then we have Ashling O'Mahony in MTU Cork. Uh, she's the student union president there. Right. So this particular incident happened in Kerry, but obviously it's relevant to all students. What did happen, Chris? 100%. So um, uh, a few students came forward, uh, six to be exact, um, just about a relation to a spiking event that occurred. And this occurred, it wasn't at an actual student's union bar, so to speak, but it happened during our Freshers' Week. What was the nature of it? Do you, do you know? So there were students that were just spiked, basically. Um, there was something put into their drink. You know, they, they felt weak. They felt nauseous. Now, we're, we're lucky. All of them were with their friends. So they were all able to, you know, they were assisted by their friends and brought home. But they just notified us about it. Mm. And we kind of we advised them to maybe contact the Gardaí and all that. We did notify the Gardaí of the incident as well. Um, so, yeah, that was, that was what happened. There was nothing untoward happened to any of them. They weren't assaulted or anything, no? No, thankfully. And there was no hospitalizations or anything like that. Um, as I said, all of them were brought home with their friends. So they, they were all in good company, thankfully. Yeah. But had, had they not been with their friends, you know, this could be a, a, much, a much worse story. And we're looking into this weekend now where people are going out to a club for the first time in many, many months. And it's only natural that they will let their hair down. But you're just asking them to stay safe and not just in terms of COVID. Absolutely, yeah. So we, we ran a campaign last week with our students uh, where basically we went around and placed lollipops in the drinks in their drinks uh, to kind of spread awareness that how, how the dangers of being spiked as such. Let's say if there was a drink left unattended, we would have put the lollipop in the drink. We were, all, we were always saying that, like, look, the victims here weren't at fault. The only person that should be blamed is the person doing the spiking. Sure, sure. We're really conscious that like a lot of these students are first and second years are a lot of them are between the ages of 18 and 20 and they may have never stepped foot in a nightclub, an, a, a normal nightclub environment, so to speak. So it was just to spread that kind of awareness. The idea behind the lollipop was that so that if a student had a lollipop, that at least maybe it would kind of generate a bit of a discussion on the table. If someone had seen our campaign and said, well, do you know what that's for? And that's, that was just kind of the idea behind it. Right. Now, thankfully, like you said, the, the people that came to you, nothing untoward happened to them other than being, being spiked in the first place. The fear is on a busy weekend like this, the next person might not be so lucky. Absolutely, yeah. Do you know, um, we're very lucky in Tralee that it, it's kind of a small-knit community anyway and kind of everyone does kind of know everyone so that if it, if it does occur within the, our student population anyway, there's always kind of someone to give a hand and us in the Students' Union in Kerry, I'm sure I can speak on behalf of Ashling and Cork. Our doors are always open if ever another incident like this occurs. Now, this incident has never occurred as long as I've been in Tralee, but it's just something that to make students aware that if they need help, you know, we have counsellors, we have welfare officers, and there's many supports available for the, for these kind of situations. And you know the way, Chris, people are be awfully conscious. God, they got spiked. Wasn't I a terrible idiot to get spiked? Wasn't it my fault that I got spiked? That self-blame is natural, but... Yeah, we want to stress here that it's not, it's not your fault. You know, this could have happened to anyone um, at all. 
and like it's very like you, you can't be expected to be staring at your drink for the whole night um kind of something that we've kind of encouraged and we've kind of seen is that uh students are putting kind of beer mats on top of the glasses uh so if they maybe leave to go to the bathroom we'll say with the table service and stuff like that and they don't bring their drinks with them at least if they come back and the beer mat has been tampered with or knocked off or something like that they know that their drink has may have been tampered with or or if you're in a group have one of the group watch the drinks yeah exactly absolutely so we kind of have kind of started the whole if in doubt throw it out you know that's another kind of way we're kind of looking at it too of course this spiking issue has been big across the UK there have been reports in all the papers of people being spiked it's going on Chris since I was in college and that's not yesterday it, yeah. it just happens absolutely you know these things it's a sad case but it, 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 it can occur but it's great that there's this discussion at, at such a high level now around this spiking and hopefully it'll deter people away from it because they to make them make them clear that we stand together here and say that it's not okay like you know just on a broader question of students preparing to get out into the world of nightclubs for the first time in, in a long time I'd say there's fierce excitement is there Chris absolutely yeah you know even I was in the, I was the education officer in Kerry Students Union last year and uh, you know everyone was online there was a sense of just pure depression and sadness you know with that the students weren't getting the real experience of student life but at least this this year now you can see that the buzz is coming back and yeah. students are returning to normality as such are they back at lectures I mean this is the first year of the the merged university uh, is is everybody back on campus at your end of what's happening yeah within Kerry yeah our, our, the majority of our students are have a percentage of their lectures on, and practicals on site so thank, we're very thankful for that in both our South and North campus in the Kerry campus finally what's the students union's position on your members getting vaccinated I know there are vaccinations available on campus here in Cork if somebody wants them what's the story in Kerry so in Kerry, we've kind of remained neutral, but we've, we've told them that, that, look, the support is there. We have buses running from our north and south campus to the vaccination centres when the vaccination centres are open. Um, so we have a number of buses. We've advertised it and said, look, that this support is there if you need it. And the uptake has been, has been relatively good. So that's great to see as well. Mm. So, Chris, have a good weekend. And I guess the message is stay safe and not just COVID safe. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. And most of all, enjoy the weekend as well that's in us. You know, it's a, it's a celebration. Absolutely. And cheers for having me on, PJ. There you go. That's Chris Clifford, the Kerry student, president of MTU. They'll be merging the students' unions in 2022, he was telling me. Uh, but for now, they have two different students' unions, one in Cork and one in Kerry. And if you are out this weekend, here's the thing. If there's two or three of you together, like I know... And I'm particularly addressing women here. For some reason, you all like to go to the toilet together. Would you leave one behind to watch the drinks? Or if there happens to be a man in the company with you, ask him to watch the drinks if you all want to go off to the toilet and do it together. I will never actually understand why that is, why women like to go to the toilet in packs. I really will never understand that. And all the women have asked, it's just the way we do it. But anyway, have someone watch the drinks at the weekend. 1850 Remember, Premier League Live is also back this Saturday 
on 96fm.ie powered by Talk Sports. Trevor Welsh and the team back for live coverage of Chelsea and Norwich City. That's at half 12. Crystal Palace v Newcastle at 3 and Brighton against Manchester City at half past 5. As the Premier League live online with now stream live action from BT Sport and Premier Sport with the now Sports Extra membership. And listen Saturday on the Cork's 96FM app or indeed you can go to 96fm.ie. This came in you see, when we're all talking about passes and check-in passes and the importance of carrying your pass and having your pass checked and the importance of checking ID with your pass and all of that, you see, you get a message in here then that kind of... <sighs> I flew from Dublin Airport to London Stansted and back. There was no airport asked to see my certs. I asked in Dublin, coming back, did they want to see it? And they said, no, you're all right. Like, this is just careless. And then you have to wonder, because did Tony Houlihan say the other night or the other day that he came back from his holidays and no one wanted to see his pass in Dublin Airport? Like, I mean, sort of, I'm, I'm sorry, no. He's got to have one of the best-known faces in the country at this stage. So, seriously, like, Tony Houlihan, the chief medical officer, was allowed to walk through an airport past all them staff, and nobody thought, maybe we should ask him for his pass. Like, of all people to allow walk past without checking his pass. The flipping chief medical officer. Uh, Do we know of any walk-in vaccination centres in Cork next week during midterm? I don't, off the top of my head. But I know Fiona is here on Tuesday and Wednesday because I'm taking a, a longer weekend. You know by now I do this. Fiona's here Tuesday and Wednesday and she'll certainly have details of that if they are on. Hi PJ, I know someone who's a home help, not vaccinated. Her or her husband refused to get vaccinated and yet she's going into many people's homes. What hope have we of doing the right thing when the very people asking us to do the right thing have this going on? That's disgraceful. That's disgraceful. And whoever that is, is a disgrace. Refusing to be vaccinated, working as a home help, and going in and out to elderly people's homes. That is disgraceful. No other word for it. We're putting the numbers together on our poll as to how people feel about going out tonight or indeed across the weekend. And it's an interesting poll. The one on Twitter. The one on text is a little tighter but the one on Twitter is quite interesting indeed speaking of going out, Dan says I think we'll all be locked down by January I hope not Dan I think we'll all be locked down by January, I'm dumbstruck that places were allowed to open they should go back to the old system where Neffet called the shots and the precautionary principle was used well, Dan, even the World Health Organization 
Dr. Navarro was saying on this program yesterday that we do have to recognise that this is going to be around for a while and we have to work on ways to get on with things and try to do it safely. And what Dr. Navarro was saying, and I was meant to get the clip this morning but I forgot about it, was look, just because the pubs are open and just because the clubs are open and everywhere else, you don't have to go running into the pub hugging one another. And he said, look, just be careful where most of us that have a brain in our head are vaccinated. Be careful. Do the simple things regularly. Wash your hands. Cover your face. Keep a bit of space. Sanitize. All those things. And hopefully, Dan, there won't be a lockdown. I really think it will be an absolute disaster. The lads on the proc point out that I could be accused of victim blaming by saying to groups of girls in particular, if if you're going to the toilet, leave one of you back at the table to watch the drinks. That's not victim blaming. That's called practical advice. In a world where people are going around spiking drinks, if there were three or four, three or four lads as well, but three of, if there are three or four people at a table going and you want to go to the toilet, Nominate one to stay behind and watch the drinks. The fault of the spike is the, is the spiker. They're the ones doing wrong. We can all help ourselves to avoid them. They're not going to spike drinks that are being watched. Then, of course, the proc went into a discussion on my taste in pornography. But that's that's a whole other morning's discussion. <laughs> Thank you, you nut jobs. Enjoy the weekend. 1850-715-996. Um, I, I don't know what Linda Maher is going to make of what I just said. I don't even know if you know what the proc is, Linda, so just ignore what I said. <laughs> Linda from evoke.ie. Um, want to talk about... I Simon Murdoch, who does the afternoons, came in here a couple of weeks ago, literally walking on a cushion of air and says, have you seen Ted Lasso? <laughs> and I hadn't at that stage. And now it's just brilliant. Isn't it like your telly is giving you a big, huge hug? <laughs> it's just gorgeous telly. I it's love beautiful it. television. No, like mm. that, that, there's bad language in it and a bit of it. And it's not mm-hmm. for children. But it's no. a gorgeous television show. Mm. It's, you know, we sat down to watch it like that kind of had heard people talking about it and said, OK, let's give it a go. And, you know, I'm a huge football and sports fan. So I was like, yeah, let's, you know, this is good. I'd be ticking all the boxes for me. And then we sat down to watch it and I thought, this is not at all what I thought it was going to be. It's not about football. It's not about sport. It, it, they're the central subject of it, but that's not what it, it's about people. And it's about how people relate to each other. It's, it's absolutely, it, he is one of the most gorgeous characters I've ever seen on telly. And the, those for, that first episode, you're sitting watching it and it's... So basically the premise behind it is that, um, you know, uh, Rebecca gets divorced from her husband and the only thing he loves is his football team. So she takes it over yeah. with the idea of running it into the ground. This so is the story of Rich, really Richmond, Richmond Football Richmond Club. Richmond FC, yeah. Who are a per- Premier League club yeah. and mm. they, they've, like you said, the owners have been divorced and she gets mm-hmm. the club and the ex-husband loved the club and she sets out to destroy mm. it. So she gets this idea to hire a guy, an American football coach, to come over <laughs> and manage the club. And it mm. doesn't work out as she had planned. 
Not at all. First of all, she is incredibly cynical after her divorce, as are most of the people around her due to their um, the financial wranglings involved. And Ted just sweeps in and is just so lovely. And you kind of expect it to go, oh, they're going to turn him into this cynical guy. Too. And it absolutely goes the other way entirely. He has everybody fallen at his feet by the end of it. It's It's just... He's the least macho guy you'll ever see in a sports program. Yeah. And it, everybody just ends up, just, the, the biscuit, he brings her in homemade biscuits every morning. And, you know, his own relationship is suffering from him being in England and them still being in America. And it's, but it just... He breaks down uh, like the it, harshest it, it, the art- sports sports journalist mm. in the business. He breaks them down. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. And it just... It, People want to take him down. People want to dislike him. People want to hate him. And you just can't. Mm. His lovely stories of his dad and his upbringing. And he just turns everybody onto his side. Mm. And the the football doesn't go the way anybody wants it to go. No, no. What I was afraid of was that the minute this guy would walk in, that there'd Mm. be a a dramatic turnout in the club and to be so unbelievable Mm. and such nonsense but it's Mm. not it's it's just a Mm. lovely lovely television show and I was just disappointed Mm. that the episodes are only 30 minutes long it's it's on Apple TV at at the moment Mm -hmm. and series 2 has dropped and series 3 I think is committed they've committed to series 3 over the next year yeah and they won a sweep of Emmys last week which all deserved Uh, the Apple TV even if you want to just do the 7 day free trial you'll finish the 2 series in right. probably maximum two days yeah it, it's, it's glorious it's, it's, it's lovely it's yeah lovely. really lovely yeah now billions I watched the first series of billions mm. right and then I kind of said you know where your, your television gets busy mm. how many are up to now six five six it, five, yeah, five, just um, the last few episodes. So basically series five had to cut off after seven because of COVID. So it was planned to do the 12 that had to close off after seven. And then the last five um, went live uh, in the middle of September there. So um, I've just caught up on the lot. And one thing about Billions, this is a show you have to put your phone down for and pay attention yes. almost to the, to the level of if you're watching something subtitled. You cannot miss a word of this show. No. There's so much going on. One thing I did find um, a bit interesting and, you know, it's probably the first, the first show I've seen this happen in was, so they, they break off at, after episode seven. They come back for episode eight, which, you know, we sit down to watch episode eight. And Paul Giamatti, who plays Chuck Rhodes in it, the attorney general, he's absolutely brilliant in it, has lost so much weight, has changed his, his he looks so much different. And so, you know, OK, we haven't watched this in seven or eight months. Anybody who's coming to this and, and goes from episode seven to episode eight is going to be absolutely going, what? what is going on here? He just looks so yeah. different from yeah. one episode to the next, obviously because they've stopped filming for a year and a half. A year and a bit, yeah. That um, happened with a lot, of, a, yeah. lot of the show, a lot of the shows struggled to pick up the continuity when mm. when, when they came mm. back. But Billions 5 series, as I said, I did watch about three quarters of the first and then the telly sh- schedule just got busy. But yeah. uh, I must I must go and look at it again. But it definitely. Is, and, and nobody is superfluous. Every Everybody you see yes. in there, you think they didn't bring much to that episode. Two, two series later, 
that guy will pop up. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, you know, oh, that's what he was there for. That's right. Oh, uh, it's yeah, brilliant. Yeah. Absolutely brilliant. All right. Listen, and enjoy your television weekend. Linda Maher, Evoke.ie television reviewer. Uh, billions gone to Series 5. But Ted Lasso, I, Simon Murdoch was raving about it. Fiona was raving about it. I could see everyone talking about it on my timeline. And I said, I got to give this a go. It sounds like the silliest, most stupid thing I've ever seen. It's not. It's just wonderful, wonderful telly. And it's on Apple TV. And like she said, there's a free trial. So you'll get it all done. Right. For the weekend, 62 per... Here we go. Right. 46% of you are not going to go out this weekend because you're nervous. 31% yes. 23% of you still have to make up your mind. There you go. That's uh, a lot of people still in doubt and not going out. The winner of our competition, first two tickets for Simply Red in 2022 at the Marquee, Sonia O'Callaghan from Carrigaline. And this one, to finish. Walking around the city on my tea break thinking this is like the calm before the storm with all the pubs getting set up for the weekend. And then off in the distance, I hear Aha's Take On Me being played by a brass band. Where's that coming from? Sounds like it's getting closer. A few seconds later, a double-decker bus drives past, and there's the brass band giving it sucks. As I fought back tears from the wave of emotion, all I could say was, I love this city. Enjoy your weekend. Stay safe, but enjoy yourself. And we'll talk to you Tuesday just after nine. Can we just talk? The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With McCarthy Insurance Group. Call them now for motor, home, business, farm, life and health insurance. CMIG.ie Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quinn's is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.